1: Right here,
2: right
3: now. Hey Bills fans, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm Miros Nate and appreciate everyone listening to this discussion of the Bills holding off the Cincinnati Bengals. 21-17 to 17 for the home opener at New Era Field. And what a game it was. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, Fellas, how are you feeling after that? Did you guys suffer or come close to suffering any heart attacks like I did?
2: Dude, I'm feeling amazing. The 3-0, one of three undefeated teams in the AFC. They're going to the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> Nate, I could not be more excited. It felt It didn't even feel like the same old Bills. They want to be like, same old Bills? No, but it didn't even feel at any point in the game like they were going to lose. It felt great. Uh, I don't know if everybody felt that way. I'm looking at John. John, I think, is the first gray hair I've ever seen on your head. Maybe it took a few years off your life. I don't know if you're as optimistic as I am, but I'm excited.
3: Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think that the Bills were definitely looking. Momentum had shifted at one point when the Bengals scored 17 unanswered points. So I wasn't optimistic the whole time, but, you know, this is a different team. This is a team that actually circles the wagons, you know, when it comes down to it and, and finishes games. And, and there's, a, there's definitely a uh, quote-unquote clutch gene for Josh Allen. He may, he may make some— He's bet. the king of the fourth. <laughs> He's a, he is. He's king of the final drive. <laughs> Dude, this is huge. Like, him, him having these game-winning drives.
1: He has five game-winning drives in his last 11 starts.
3: Wow. Wow, stat of the game. See, I don't even need to do stats. of the game. <laughs> That's incredible. That's, that's incredible. That's a great stat. Place for the Bills, <laughs> uh, John. John, were you always feeling that good during the game? Were you feeling like Mike was, or, or was it was it a tough game to watch at some points?
2: I felt pretty good through most of the game. Obviously, like you said, the momentum had shifted, and the Bills had to rally and come back. But I, and to Mike's point, like it's not like the same old bills like there's on third downs like you're not like like okay they're gonna punt like you you think they actually can make these third down plays now and they can
3: yeah josh allen has like the anti ryan fitzpatrick remember how fitzpatrick used to always throw that pick on the final drive when they could have won it or come ahead gotten ahead to, to win the game he is he is just he just finds it if he's one i mean i guess i guess what i'll say is each one of these three games that the Bills have won to go 3-0, and they've had a struggle of this sort in each and every game. I mean, last week the Bills won by 14 points, but there was definitely a point where they were within seven. And had a play gone a different way, they could have easily tied the Giants. And, uh, you know, who knows what would have happened then. But each week it seems like they're against the ropes, and each each week they— they either dig themselves out of a hole or or maintain the lead when they need to. And these are three teams that, for the most part, in my opinion, are inferior. But this game especially, I could see going into it as a trap game because you have the Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't a completely terrible team, even though they're 0-2, but their backs are against the wall. This is a team that's used to going to the playoffs almost every season. So they came in with, I think, a lot more firepower than a normal team would coming into new Era Field, and I was worried about it. And when they started to show signs of life and Andy Dalton forgot he was Andy Dalton and started you know, hitting all those passes and, and really marching down the field, the bills defense, you know, we always say this the bill's defense can only hold off a team for so long before they get a little bit of gassed. And, and they did, they did towards the end of that third quarter into the fourth quarter. And, you know, finally the bills made a stand and, and, you know, Trey white ended the game on that great interception pass you know just to seal it and uh and yeah there's there's each of these three games they've beat inferior teams but you know it hasn't been convincingly to the point where you're like okay these guys are going to be 11 and 5 12 and 4 i mean they they don't win they don't win uh pretty games but you know they they're pulling away they're winning they're winning and and I will say, we're going to go into this a little bit later into the Patriots game, if you're going to beat the Patriots and you have a 14 nothing lead on them, you cannot do what they did today and expect to win because you cannot take your foot off the throat of the Patriots because you may not be a better team than them and they will take advantage of, of your uh, submissiveness or the ability to you know let your foot off the gas.
1: Don't you think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit? Like, Of course we didn't beat the Patriots. But you can only play who's on the schedule, right? Like I, I don't think anybody is confusing the Bills with the most elite teams yet in the NFL. Because to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? Like the opponents the Bills have played are one and eight, right? Right. Should be probably zero and nine with the Giant with the Giants pulled that one out today. Um, but they've done all they can, and I I do think it just feels different. Like when the Bengals kicked that field goal with under five minutes to go to go ahead, like this is no problem. Like mm-hmm. the Bills are going to find a way to do this. And I know we've had the record before like a 3-0 with Fitzpatrick, 5-1 and with Trent Edwards, but during those times it was like, oh, when is the, the, the bottom going to fall out? Like when is reality going to catch up to us? This time it doesn't feel like that. Win or lose in New England. It feels like in today's NFL, you need that franchise quarterback. And for the first time in a long time, it, it feels like we've got that locked down.
3: Yeah. One thing I, I seem to like about this team in general, besides the ability to win, it's so funny. I'm, I'm reading Twitter. Mike, as you're saying that, I'm, I'm just flashing back to like reading all, uh, everyone on Twitter. And if you're not following us, you, you should,
1: should be practicing active listening and paying attention to me Nate not just thinking
3: of a response for yourself <laughs> no I, I I do both I do mostly I just think about what I'm going to say next I don't really listen to
1: I feel like they're exclusive you can't really do both right
3: <laughs> no no wait what'd you money? just say wait what <laughs> ruling
2: John but <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't paying attention
3: <laughs> I, I think well To your point, Mike, about this team does feel different. And we've almost said this every week so far, is that it does. But, you know, I'm reading Twitter and we all, at least I'm guilty of this. I don't know what you guys, but, you know, the Bills went down. I'm just scrolling through and we follow a lot of Bills fans. So if you're not following us, please do a CTW pod, Circling the Wagons pod. And I'm reading all these listeners and followers and and stuff like that. And they're just saying this is a very Billsy way. For this game to go. And like I I can't tell you how many times I saw like billsy being used, um just that sort of terminology about describing this team falling apart in this game. This is a very billsy way for this this game to go and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel that too. And you know, we're conditioned as fans to feel this way. And the Nick and Nolan podcast did a really good job of breaking this down, but you when how long has it been? Since we haven't thought of a team that's that's been like that, I don't know like Wade Phillips, so like there's reason that we have to think about that. It's just past trauma, past you know experiences that we've gone through as fans that we're trying to get over and we're trying to learn new you know you're just like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example of that outside of football and being a Bills fan, but you know if it's like if it's like Groundhog Day, right. Groundhog Day, remember that movie? Bill Murray? If every time, you know, he steps off that ledge and he steps into a puddle and things don't change and he does that a hundred times in a row, he's going to think that the next time he steps off that curb, he's going to step right into that puddle. But, you know, it took him a while probably to figure out to step over it or whatever. So that's a bad example. <laughs> but you guys get it. Like it, it, Delete all that. We're, <laughs> we're learning as Bill's fans to not be used to that. And and it'll happen. I'm sure that'll happen this year where the Bills will have a lead and they'll probably botch it. But three games in a row, they've either had the lead and or they've lost the lead or been down and and either clawed their way back up or, you know, hung through it and and kept the lead and won the game. So I don't know. This is this is definitely a different team. And it's good. It feels great. It feels great honestly. This is you were looking at the schedule. We looked at this when we did our record prediction at the beginning of the season. And we said 3-0 at this point, and And they've They've held true to that. This team is strong. And uh, they find ways to win. I will say though. <laughs> one disappointing part of today's game. That. Uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of been. A little bit of a theme through the first two games. Is the offensive line. Failing to protect Josh Allen. Uh, more than I would like. Because. There are just moments in the game where Allen's just scrambling for his life. And I know Geno Atkins is very good. Carlos Dunlap is good. But for the most part, this defensive line for the Bengals isn't great. And last week, even, you know, the Giants' defensive line is even worse. Yet they were getting through it seemed way more often than they should. Um, so we're talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen deserves a lot of credit for being able to improvise on those plays, roll out to the right. You know, there's lots of times in a normal quarterback, they would have been sacked like we can literally say that as much as you know Josh Allen does make some mistakes you know plays hero ball there's a lot of times that he makes positive plays and just running for his life and to me even like if you're running for your life and a positive to me a positive play is even throwing it out of bounds because just not taking the sack is huge and he sometimes throws it out of bounds but other times he'll find a guy wide open you know 20-30 yards down the field I mean just thinking about that play who was that to John Brown Yes, it was It was in the first quarter, I believe. The pass protection broke down. Josh Allen fights John Brown open on the right sideline for 27 yards. I mean, just a just a play of beauty. I mean, we're not used to seeing these throws on the run. And the guy's doing it consistently week in and week out. So enough credit doesn't go to Josh Allen for those kinds of plays. I know we kind of rag on him for some of the boneheaded plays he does. But, I mean, plays like that, it's just those those save games, in my opinion. So...
2: Yeah, I I mean, I agree the line was inconsistent, but Allen was also holding out of the ball way too long.
3: Well, maybe no one was open. (laughs) He had to hold on to it because no one was open, and he didn't want to run with it, which I'm happy to say he is running a lot less. Hey, speaking of running a lot less, can we get rid of that whole Allen sweep run play like more than just once a game? Just do it once a game, right? Like why do we have to do it? We did it like five or six times today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the play but the especially today he was getting beat up pretty good already like why why risk even more chances of injury there
3: gore was doing a great job running the ball I don't know why I don't know why you would take the ball out of his hands to in that in that case to you know put your I don't know I, I could see it on like a like when they did it last week against the Giants and they scored a touchdown off of it. Like I'm I'm cool with that. That's fine. They did it the week before with the Jets to to get a, a key first down. I'm okay with that. But you know, doing it in multiple times, first down or wherever, it's not a critical area, I'm not a big fan of it. And the Bills are very good at, at pulling out their guards and their offensive linemen and, and, and running on, on the move, but Yeah. You know,
2: they 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 tried to get even the announcers said it today they they try to get too cute, like they they pitched it over to flipped it over to McKenzie on that third and short play where they could have just given it to Gore.
3: Yeah, yeah, like they were overthinking it a little bit, right? Yep. In general, it seemed like they were passing a little bit too much um, when they had the lead. I and I don't know. It's it's a it's a delicate balance because if they're not passing, then you're criticizing them for not being aggressive enough. And if they are, you know, if they are passing, it's like, well, you know, they're not. Why aren't they running the ball? They're having more success running the ball. So sometimes it's like they can't win. But they were doing great. This was Frank Gore's best game as a Buffalo Bill so far, in my opinion. They should have been running it more, you know, into the line. And and I I don't care for T.J. Yeldon to run the ball almost at all. He was he was pretty rough today. He didn't do a ton in the passing game, and he fumbled the ball in a critical situation within. The Bengals' twenty-yard line. They really set the Bills back. Um, He's just really. Did you guys notice? It's almost like he's standing up completely when he runs the ball. I know he's taller than most running backs, but it just seems like he's just standing up almost exactly, (laughs) like running the ball. Usually, it's definitely not a Barry Sanders sort of, you know, moving and shifting or whatever. This is just like, I don't know. Did you guys notice that?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm not the biggest Yeldon fan. I'm really hoping Singletary is back next week for the Patriots.
3: Oh, that would be huge. Yeah, that'd be huge.
2: That's what she
3: said. <laughs> All right, nice. Um, it was having Devin Singletary back would be huge for the Bills to be able to take advantage of that. You saw what it looks like without him. And it's it's not like, you know, TJ Yeldon is just a slight step down. It is a huge drop-off. So, I mean, one of the good things is is about today's game, um, besides the Bills doing a great job paying a tribute to Poncho Billa. And his family at, at halftime, um, which was a really great sentiment. Um, it was the crowd. The crowd was huge today. It was it. It was a hot day in New Era Field. I wasn't there, but I was reading a lot of tweets from people saying it was. I mean, it was what eighty-five degrees there, and they were just they were just huge in playing playing a role. You know, on third down. I, I mean, it was it was incredible. Reading some of the media people just talking about how loud it sounded in the stadium. It, it was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, like I said before, this could have been a trap game, but the Bills pulled it out, and you know, not for nothing. This this is exactly where we wanted to be because you know, if one thing that you always have to worry about is we we did our record prediction at the beginning of the year. We we said eleven and five. If they don't win a game like this, then all of a sudden you're looking at one of the games that. You know, we had them as a loss. We had them losing, and they have to pick one of those games out, you know, just to get even with it or just to get to that spot. So glad that they were able to pull this one out. Now let's go to our segment of this podcast for stats of the game. Stats of the game. Okay, I always start off with a quiz for Mike and John, so let's do this one. Stat of the game. How many more rushing yards did the Bills have than the Bengals? How many more rushing yards do the Bills have than the Bengals? Don't look it up. <laughs> Mike, how many more? I
1: like to go second. John? Seventy five.
3: Seventy five more. Wow. Mike?
1: Prices right rules?
3: No. No price. If he's over it doesn't he doesn't lose. It's whoever's closest. You're still gonna do the prices right like one point off, but you just gotta pick the right way.
1: I think Allen probably makes fifty yards up on his own. Um I'll say seventy six.
3: The answer is a hundred and eight. Hundred and eight. Yes. Good guess. Good guess, Mike. On the over. Think
2: about Allen, <laughs>
3: forgot about Allen. Yeah, you can't forget about Allen. <laughs> okay. The Josh Allen, speaking of Josh Allen, finished the day twenty-three for thirty-six, two hundred and forty-three yards, one touchdown, one interception. Frank Gore rushing the ball today, leading rusher, fourteen carries for seventy-six yards. One touchdown, he had a 5.4 yards per carry average. And that was great because it's normally the first game was like at 1.8 or something. And then the last game was in the three area. This was a much better game for Frank Gore. Josh Allen, like you said, Mike, nine carries, 46 yards on the ground. TJ Yeldon, eight carries for 30 yards. And uh, Isaiah McKenzie got a few runs. And Dawson Knox had that one run, that jet sweep. (laughs) What, that was a creative play call. As much as you want to take away from Dable, that was a p- creative play call to uh, have Dawson Knox. We're going to talk about Dawson Knox a little bit later, too. Um, but you know with the Bills missing, Devin Singletary, they were going to run the receivers a lot more. So they had three or actually five runs by receivers and tight ends this game. Um, leading receiver of the game for the Bills, which you may or may not know, is Dawson Knox. Three receptions for 67 yards and one touchdown. First NFL touchdown. Today, the, the first touchdown of the game, and then he also had that amazing run after the catch where he basically bulldozed like two Cincinnati Bengals defenders. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I believe it was a 49-yard play. It was awesome. Uh, play of the game, possibly. We'll see. We'll get to plays of the game later. But uh, John Brown had four receptions for 51 yards. Cole Beasley, eight receptions for 48 yards. And uh, Zay Jones for two two uh, receptions for 32, 33 yards. T.J. Yeldon, like we mentioned, had that costly fumble. On the defensive side of the ball, Tre'Davious White had an amazing game: uh, two interceptions. This this game, um, two passes defended. Lorenzo Alexander had two passes defended. Uh, another great game. Another great game for Jordan Poyer: ten tackles today. Jordan Phillips had one sack today. Kevin Johnson had one sack today. Not from the normal uh, cast of characters. But a great game by the Bills' defense. On the Bengals' side of the ball, let's talk Andy Dalton. 20 for 36, 249 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Almost identical, literally almost identical to Josh Allen's stat line, uh, minus the extra interception at the end of the game. Joe Mixon had a decent game uh, running the ball. 15 carries for 61 yards, 4.1 yards per carry basis. Auden Tate, which i never heard of before this game, had six led, uh Bengals receivers with six receptions for 88 yards on 10 targets. Tyler Boyd with six receptions for 67 yards on 11 targets. And Joe Mixon, um, two receptions for 34 yards and the one touchdown. John Ross, basically, the Bills were able to limit John Ross, who had been doing amazing before this game. And uh, he also had that fumble. John Ross had that fumble, and so did Auden Tate. So the Bills' defense really, really highlighted this game. I mean, enough can't be said about the Bills' defense, even though they kind of fell apart for a couple of drives in the third and fourth quarter, I mean, for the most part, they were just, they were, they were destroying Andy Dalton and that, that Bengals offense with, uh, Zach Taylor as the offensive coordinator. So, so kudos to the, the bills defense for, you know, really coming through when it mattered and, uh, and shutting the game out. Here's some other really cool stats actually, um, looking at, at today, Dawson Knox. So we talks, we talk about, um, Dawson Knox and, uh, him getting his first NFL touchdown. Uh, the this was actually the first touchdown that Dawson Knox had scored had scored since 2014 when he was a junior in high school because if you remember he didn't catch a lot of passes and um, I believe it was old Miss old Miss and and he didn't score a touchdown while he was there so it's literally his first touchdown since high school so that was pretty cool stat this was the first time ever that the Bills had an eight to nothing lead and also the first time ever the Bills have led a game eleven to nothing. Kevin Johnson had his first career sack. I didn't realize that was his first career sack. Allen extends his streak of surpassing 200 yards passing to eight games. That is the, that marks the longest streak by a bill since Jim Kelly in 1992. And the NFL's second longest active streak. um, Second to only guys active streak. Patrick Patrick Mahomes. Yep. He has 20 games like that. (laughs) Just a few more. I think he has a few more 300. The guy's just unbelievable. Just tore apart that Ravens defense. Tredavious White recorded his first career two-interception game, and it's the first multi-interception day by a Bills cornerback since 2016 when Stephon Gilmore um, also picked off Andy Dalton twice. Does it just seem, did you guys ever think about this going into the game, that the Bills have a really tough time against the Bengals, it seems, lately? In um, the last few years or so, they just can't seem to beat them. You guys notice that?
2: I, I kind of noticed that over the last uh, several years, going back ways, that they have a tough team, time against most teams.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It will, had A.J. Green. I mean, last time they got torched by A.J. Green. Um, Tredavious White did. And that was one of, one of his few games that he just really didn't play well. And uh, no A.J. Green today, though. So that was huge for the Bills. Um, the Bills have now held opponents under 400 yards in 15 consecutive games, which is the NFL's longest active streak. And the Bills offense finished with a season high of 416 yards. So so lots of good things to take away from this. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. And after that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So uh, stick around and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions – They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation.
2: Go to your
0: happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
3: All right. Welcome back to this circling the wagons podcast, our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike guys. I know that, uh, today I mentioned earlier, it was the Poncho Billa, uh, tribute today at new era field, which was really a cool thing that they did. And, uh, it's, I just wanted to bring it up in general because I always thought now I never talked with him specifically, but I heard a lot of interviews with Ponjo. Uh, you know what was cool I always appreciated about him was that he was he was such a big deal. I mean, he became a super fan and everyone knew who he was within three you know, within the last three or four years. And and that whole time, like he was never I don't know, there's lots of big Bills fans out there, but he never took it as you know, he was just so thankful for the opportunity to meet all these players and to talk to them and to meet the owner and, you know, McDermott and Bean. And and I always appreciated that about him and then also about the organization for making him such a big part of it and, you know, in, inviting, like, even today, his family, his children, you know, and everything like that. I don't know. I The, the more things that happen like this, you know, they they allowed you'll be able to to announce you know picks you know the, the Harrison Phillips pick a couple of years ago they they called up Pancho when when they let him know that Ed Oliver was the first over or their first round pick this season and it's just one of those things where i just appreciate as a Bills fan not only for for him on his side of it but just the Bills organization for doing something like that for a guy that you know unfortunately didn't have much time after those some of those events and for him to be a part of it i don't know it, it was just very cool it's one of those things that you know it doesn't show up on the stat sheet it doesn't count for wins but i i i see these things and it makes me just as a fan i don't know i love it i i'm such a sucker for those things i buy into it and it makes me love there, there are certain things that your team does and that's one of those things that i don't know about you guys but it just makes me love the team even more and, and love being a fan of the team even more all right, so let's get into our plays of the game. Our plays of the game brought to you by our T Public Store. Um, check out our T Public Store. We have a lot of cool Bills designs there for T-shirts and all that stuff. Um, we we are working currently on a cool Dawson Knox shirt after that amazing play, but I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute. So plays of the game, guys. John, John, what do you have as your play of the game for today's win over the Bengals?
2: I'd have to go with the uh, Dawson Knox catch and run, um, breaking those tackles down the sideline. The Bengals had the momentum back in their favor, and I think that was a point where the Bills were getting it back into their favor and and led to uh, the game-winning drive.
3: That's a good one. Mike, what about you?
2: Me? No contest.
1: I'm going with the same play as John. That was a 43-yard? 49. A 49? Are you sure?
3: (laughs) That's what they said on the telecast. So that's what I went with.
1: All right. Well, whatever. Half of it. Somebody looked that up. Fact check you.
3: Yeah.
1: Half of it was after the catch, right? And that—that's what this game is going to be re- remembered for. Knox trucking those guys, and then you say play of the game, but you have to look at the totality somewhat, right? Like he had the first touchdown of his NFL career. Got the Bills on the on the board. Um, he had the run. It was just awesome day for him.
3: Yeah, I guess I don't have to ask you who your Wall of Famer is going to be later. So, that's good. Good plays, man. Well, I got to – so I actually – I thought you guys were going to say the Tredavious White interception because that just sealed the deal. That If you had to put – I think that's too easy, though, right? Saying that the Tredavious White interception to end the game is too easy because it was huge. Tredavious White had a big game. I mean, there was a couple of times where like, there was a third and nine, I believe, and Tredavious White fell down and Tyler Boyd – you know, caught that pass to extend a drive, which was unfortunate, but um, I think
1: on that last play too, like there were a couple of different guys involved. Whereas with the Knox play it was like such an individual effort that really put it over the top for me. Certainly the white play, huge, clinches the game, but I don't know what other who was the D B initially that tipped the ball.
3: Oh, I think it was Micah Hyde. Okay. Yeah, so it it doesn't
1: it doesn't happen without Micah Hyde, right? Like all the glory goes to the guy that catches it, but it seemed like more of a, a team play.
3: Yeah. Good point. Good point. I can see that. I like the Dawson Knox play too. You don't, one of the things that, why it stood out is because we don't really have wide receivers that are that big. I mean, we have, we don't have short wide receivers, but they just don't have the, you don't have the Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones type wide receivers that are like six foot five and you know, two fifty or whatever they are and just huge monsters. And, this is something that we're severely lacking from our wide receivers. Not that we need it, not that you definitely need it, but this is, this, that was huge to have any sort of player to, we haven't, I mean, Charles Clay wasn't doing that when he was here, you know, Charles Clay was more of a speed finesse guy, if that, and, and that was, that was really cool. It was really cool to see a, a a tight end, a a receiver for the bills. Just, yeah. Pushing guys down. Reminded me a little bit of that Fred Jackson play a few years ago against the bears. You remember that? And he's, I forget was it Shane Conti or something like that I can't remember but it was just like basically took him and just you know shoved his face right into the ground so um yeah I so mine is kind of if it's not going to be the it trading, was 49
1: yards you were right <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank you uh, one thing I'm going to say one of my plays of the game and this won't be one that that you know ends up being even one that's necessarily memorable unless I unless I mention it right now was this it was when the bills were uh, i believe it was the third quarter and second quarter maybe and what happened was the the pocket was collapsing around Josh Allen as it had to certain points during the game and he just stood in the pocket he got hit in the knees and he just zipped it to Zay he couldn't step into it because there was somebody you know bre- you know coming coming breathing right down on top of him, right? He was going to sack him. He was going to run right into his knees. And he just threw that pass, zipped it through, amazingly accurate pass. And Zay Jones, it was it was good enough that even Zay Jones could catch it, right? And uh, he just stood in there, and they got the penalty. It was a huge game. It was third down. They got the first down. And, I mean, Allen's just a gamer. We've talked about that. But, man, what a what a play to just stand in there, take that hit, knowing that it's going to come. And, I I don't know how many hits Josh Allen can take in a game, but he just keeps taking them, man. It is so nice to not see him um, injured or whatever, and it's just it was a great play. It was one of the plays where I'm just like this guy. This guy has it. He has it, and it's just a matter of doing it more consistently and limiting the mistakes. And this guy could be our franchise quarterback, and I think he's definitely trending that direction.
1: I find it curious that you. Th- when John and I mentioned the Dawson Knox play, you're like, oh, I thought you guys both would have said the Tredevious
3: White play. And then you have a completely different one. Oh, I think it you're was. the saying
1: pretty highly of yourself <laughs> in your analysis.
3: Yeah, well, you know, the Tredevious White play was good, but you kind of talked me off of it when you were saying, you know, well, Micah Hyde kind of tipped it up in the air, you know, and know. was part of it. You know, there were like three bills John around. John
1: and I are quite simple. Like, <laughs> oh, whatever play they saw last must be the one they remember. <laughs> That's the one they'll go with. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you guys aren't really complex though, but um, <laughs> not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. You're right. <laughs> uh, so bad. So so great plays from the Bills all around. There were some other great plays that you know I won't get into, but um, those are just a couple that just stood out to me. And um, oh, I I also have to bring up this play just because it didn't end up going for as much as that Zay Jones pass or that Dawson Knox catch, but when when Josh Allen was stepping backwards and he tripped over Frank Gore's leg, they both fell down and Josh Allen actually ended up fumbling the ball. I mean, he picked it up and not only did he just like, oh, just in your head, you're thinking just protect the ball, just land on top of it. He somehow picked it up, got up, and threw a pass to like Tommy Sweeney for five yards and somehow turned that into possibly a fumble, possibly a turnover, possibly a sack. Like all three terrible scenarios and somehow not only – he ended up completing a pass. I wouldn't have cared if he threw it into the ground at that point, you know, just not taking the sack or the fumble, but that that was a huge play. There are some plays that Josh Allen does where I don't know if more than one or two other quarterbacks in the NFL could could pull out the way he does. So I'm going to go – let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers for today's game. Um, Wall of Famer – I'm I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Josh Allen just because of, you know, you could easily put him on the wall of shame. And I and I wouldn't blame anyone if either of you decide to do that, put him on the wall of shame, because there was a point where, you know, there there was that play where he was trying to find someone open and he ended up throwing, you know, the, the quote unquote famous hero ball. He threw it right into a DB's hands and you're just like, Josh, what are you doing, man? You got to, he got to stop throwing those. And he knew as soon as he did it, he's like, he was pissed at himself. He's hit himself in the helmet, but he's just got to limit those types of mistakes. But but honestly, another, like you mentioned, Mike, another game-winning drive for Josh Allen. The guy's doing it. He is a gamer. There's some people that crumble under the pressure, Nathan Perterman, and there's some people that thrive under the pressure. And it looks to me as if Josh Allen may be one of those guys that thrives under it. So, John, what about you? Who do you have to put on our wall of fame today?
1: It's Dawson Knox, John. Come on
3: who else
2: I want I want to go with somebody on the defense. Tredavious White, um, Tredavious White. And and I'm I'm yeah, I'm thinking somebody in the secondary, whether it's Hyde or Tredavious White, um yeah. get the two picks. Um you know, the defense kept stepping up. They held the they held John Ross to 22 yards. Um even though the pass rush was, you know, that very consistent today. Um so I think I'll give it to White.
3: You could give it to the whole defense, John, or the whole secondary. It doesn't have to be one player.
2: I'll give it to secondary.
3: Okay, nice. Nice, Mike. Mike, I wonder who you're you going to pick.
2: give
1: it to a whole unit. It just seems so <laughs> fluid, these rules. It's like, oh, why don't you give it to the Bills?
3: I'm going to give it to the whole crowd at New Era Field. <laughs> I'm going to give it to all Bills fans.
1: Yeah. The player of the game is Dawson Knox. He had the touchdown in the first. He had the first down in the second. And he owned the fourth quarter, that last drive. With a 49-yard play, half of it after the catch, just trucking guys.
3: Yeah, truck stick, right? Just like I'm mad, man. He pushed that uh, that right joystick forward and got through him. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Well, well, Mike, I mean, since you were so high on Dawson Knox, who were you low on today? Who are you going to put on your wall of shame?
1: I'd have to go yell then. Yeah. Um, he showed bursts at times. Um, just the fumble was costly.
3: That was like that sticks out for me. That was like the same exact fumble that he had in the preseason when they were inside the opponent's twenty, and you're like, oh yeah, you know they're driving for a touchdown. Just whoop, just rip right out. <laughs> so, that's a good one. I, I I agree with that one a lot, Mike. Uh, John,
2: um, I I guess I'd go with Allen. Um, I I understand why you would put him on your Hall of Fame. Um, you could kind of put him in both spots, but um, his mistakes could have cost them the game.
3: Yeah. But it didn't, but I get it. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, like I said, I could easily see one way or the other. I mean, you had good Josh Allen and you had bad Josh Allen today. Luckily you had enough good and the defense, you know, bailed, bailed the bills out. So it wasn't that big of an issue. Let's go to Twitter. I ask this every week. Who is your wall of famer, wall of shamer? Let's read some of the tweets out there from some of the followers and listeners. Jason Statham writes, Jason Statham, he always gets it, he's always the first one. And mind you, Jason's in the UK, so he's really stepping up his game. His wall of famer is Frank Gore. He says he ran hard all day, which was true. Best his best game is a bill. His wall of shamer is Brian Dable. Obviously, he's talking about some of the questionable play calls in certain spots of the game, which I feel like we talk about a little bit each week, but I don't know. There's some amazing play calls then too. It's it's like you gotta take the good with the bad. Just like Josh Allen, you got to take you know the picks and the hero ball and you know, with along with the you know amazing trip over yourself, f- pick the fumble up, throw it for a five yard gain and you know making positive out of negative. 23 and 0 mega weapon tweets in, wall of famer, Frank Gore, wall of shamer turnovers. Yep, turnovers were were very costly today. You cannot have those kind of turnovers against the Pats and expect to win next week. Fluent in sarcasm writes, his wall of famer is Dawson Knox. He's on Mike's bandwagon. His wall of shamer, he's like, I'm going to say Allen because of avoidable mistakes. But damn can TJ Yeldon just hold on to the ball? <laughs> Which is a good one. <laughs> um, Adam Talmage, man, these guys are the top four or five, man. They just keep coming in every week with some good ones. Adam Talmage writes, his MVP is the defense. His wall of shame is Yeldon. Now he gives three separate points for Yeldon, which is great. He fumbled in the red zone on first down, which is true. He would have it would have made it a three-score game at half, and then he couldn't fill Singletary's role well enough. So really great, really great reasons to to put T.J. Yeldon on his, in the hall of uh, Wall of Shame. Uh, Scott writes in, Josh Allen is both at the same time. See Scott, I hear you. Victor Carvalho writes, Wall of Famer Trey White. And Wall of Shamer, the offensive line, and Josh Allen. The offensive line, now I know that they're much better. So we're kind of in this thing where this this headspace where we remember last season because it just happened. And last season, the offensive line was atrocious, right? I mean, I'd say that the best player on that offensive line might be uh, worse than the worst player on the offensive line. That's how bad it was. And, and Deion Dawkins even being the only holdover on the team the offensive line from that unit, um I would say his best football is still is still better than uh this year than his than his best football last year. So but I, I, I wouldn't say that they're amazing. I know that they're making strides and last week was a was a pretty good week, but I think that if there's one thing that they just have to improve on it's pass protection. There are a lot of times like you said, John, Josh Allen holds on to the ball too long, but there are some times where he's just inundated with pass rushers and it just seems like he's running for his life way too often. I think that the O line would get credited with a lot more sacks if it wasn't for Josh Allen's escapability. True. G Nuts 68 writes, Yeldon is absolutely the wall of shamer. I'm surprised he made it through preseason subs. He fumbled then too. Great, great point. Thomas Durlach writes uh Wall of Famer, Dawson Knox. Wall of Shamer, Josh Allen. Josh cannot make those mistakes next week. Yep, that is absolutely true. You will not make those mistakes. Here's not <laughs> Not Mike Rice writes in his Wall of Famers. Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde did have a great game today. I I Good one. That was a good one. Joe Magley writes right after that. His his wall of famers are Dawson Knox and Field General Hyde. I like that one. Field General Hyde. I like when the when they talk about the Bills and they talk about the no fly zone for the for the secondary. I if that's that might be a, a nickname I've never heard before, but I like that one. The no fly zone. So Luke Mirko writes a good point. He says, Wall of Famer, Josh, Wall of Shamer, also Josh. Some plays that shouldn't have been made, but he looked incredible. He was our whole offense at first half. Just made a few mistakes late, but that should be expected. Dude is clearly improving a ton. And let's talk about improvement for just a moment because we have seen a lot of quarterbacks come in in recent past, whether you're talking about Trent Edwards, J.P. Lawsman, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Nathan Peterman, whatever. None of these quarterbacks ever seem to improve as players, improve as passers, improve as leaders in the huddle. Like they just seem to be either stagnant or to regress. And this is highly encouraging as a Bills fan to watch Josh Allen in his second year make strides in accuracy, make strides in being able to call the offense and find guys open. This is highly encouraging. This is territory that we just, we just haven't been in in a while as Bills fans. This is refreshing. And then we're going to end right now with Mike Taylor writing his Wall of Famer and Dawson Knox, a.k.a. the Buffalo Bulldozer. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, Wall of Shamer goes to TJ Yeldon and the drops. I would have preferred to see McKenzie more involved over Yeldon.
1: I like that guy. Who is that?
3: Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor, your guy? Nice. <laughs> I uh so yeah there were some some really great tweets there thank you for everyone for tweeting in as you always do um so as far as injury- what's
1: Knox's nickname gonna be ah uh, uh, Buffalo bulldozer you think obvious Buffalo Fort Knox.
3: Bo- Fort Knox is a good one what else did you see juggernox Juggernox is a good one
1: <laughs> kind of a mouthful John <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh all good he needs something after that one play
3: yeah man I like the I like the Juggernauts. I know it's a it's a mouthful, but uh, w- wouldn't it be cool if Dawson Knox makes a catch and every time he makes a catch, they play like I'm the Juggernaut, you know, on the in the <laughs> New Era Field. Like that would be sick. I remember they used to do that for Mario Williams. They used to play the every time Mario Williams had a sack, they used to play the Super Mario um, huh. uh, theme song. Like do do, and they usually had a graphic actually of him like, you know, do 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 is awesome. Uh, I would be cool with them doing that. I like juggernauts. I also like hard knocks. Um, yeah. Buffalo bulldozer, Fort Knox, Juggernox, hard knocks. All good. We'll come up with Maybe a Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Ooh, ooh, good call. All right. I'll do one after that and then we'll just take the winner and make the t-shirt off. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as injuries go to Bill's players, John Feliciano left the game with a neck injury that was a huge injury, John Feliciano, regarded by a lot of people that you know, break down the Bills' film. He is one of their best offensive linemen, um, one of the great surprises on that offensive line of, of their free agency, and uh, it was it hurt them. They moved Tynaseki out to the right tackle and moved Cody Ford into right guard, which a lot of people, including myself, think maybe Cody Ford should just kind of stay in the right guard role instead of uh, them trying to... Fit him at right tackle when he just clear, clearly seems to lose to defensive excuse me defensive ends that just you know have a good uh, have a lot of speed. So that was a major injury to uh, Bills players for today's game. Luckily, nothing too incredible. We're hoping next week that Feliciano obviously we need him to come back and Devin Singletary coming back would be huge for the Bills. Um, I don't know. Final thoughts for the for today's game, guys. I know that. Um, the Bills are what's huge about all of this is the Bills are 3 and 0 coming back to new era f- field and they're going to face the undefeated New England Patriots i mean this is a great test for this team you know they're 3 and 0 they've won some ugly games but it doesn't matter at the end of the at the end of the game the Bills at the end of the the stats sheet they're still 3 and 0 so this game is going to be you know fresh slate Every week, like they always say, all the Bills players say, they just need to go 1 and 0 every week. And it's going to be a huge test for the Bills to face a Patriots team. And man, I, I, I don't think any of us necessarily expected a win, but man, wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing Sunday? Amazing Sunday recap we would have together to talk about the Bills beating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to talk about the Bills beating the Pats next week.
3: Yeah, John, you and I had that as a win at the beginning of the season. Mike?
2: I had that as a loss, Nate.
3: <laughs> yeah, 2-1 to one, though, so 11-5. <laughs> and <five. laughs>
1: Dude, I'd love to see him pull it out, but I do think there's still something to be seen, improvement to be seen before they can... steps to be taken before they reach that elite status of NFL team.
3: Dude, the... the- the Patriots are not completely unbeatable. They played the last two games against the Dolphins and the Jets. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could say the same thing about the Bills with the, like the Jets and the Giants and possibly even the Bengals. But it's not a completely out of the realm that the Bills could win this one. They they just need to limit their mistakes. And they just need to, you know, I, I think the Bills have a good chance at this one. I think their defense has a good chance of stopping Tom Brady. Now, I know Bill Belichick, as good as Bill Belichick is, he might be able to scheme around... Josh Allen, but you know we'll see I think I think the Patriots are the most vulnerable in the season at the beginning of the season. that's when you want to play them and you know because usually by now usually they're like two and two and everyone's saying, oh you know the Patriots are have they are they done or is the dynasty over you know and then they end up proving everyone wrong now they're due for a loss one of their two losses that they normally get in September so this is this is a good sign for us as Bill's fans. So I want. I also wanted to talk about let you guys know if you guys aren't subscribe aren't subscribers and paying attention. Uh, we just released our interview with Bill's legend and Hall of Famer Bruce Smith this past weekend. So we talked with Bruce. Uh, we were over at the DraftKings Sportsbook in the Del Lago Casino and Resort, and we we, we had the privilege I would say of talking to Bruce. And interviewing him and asking him a few questions about, you know, his play, his his time playing in the NFL in the 90s, that that locker room when he got there in the 80s. What was that like? Was it, you know, how did it get there? Is culture important? Is there any similarities between that that team and, you know, this team that Sean McDermott is doing? And it's just really cool. And we gave some behind the scenes uh, discussion about that interview because you know there were some things that we noticed with bruce which was really cool and things that you kind of hope for as a bills fan but he proved it to us that afternoon so if you guys haven't listened to that please do um i don't know it's just cool i love i love hearing about you know former bills players and uh, you guys will enjoy this one i promise so the next week next week's game is against the 3-0 new england patriots as i mentioned earlier in new era field in orchard park and uh, we appreciate all of you guys listening. So if you guys could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we definitely appreciate that. Um, if you guys have any have anything that you want to say to us or anything that we could bring to the table any differently, we we always appreciate any feedback. Constructively, though, not so much like the Twitter people that are just like, this is the worst take ever. <laughs> but I mean, if it is the worst take ever, let us know. So please subscribe to the Buffalo Runlings Podcast Network in general. Um, this pod, we, we have a lot of really cool shows on it. So if you know, if there are other shows that aren't your flavor of the month, then you can follow another show. Like there's, there's just so, so many great, different, different people talking and different discussions being had. Like sh- shows like Believe, Rumblings Q and A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Blitz Bills. The Nick and Nolan Show and our newest edition, the Mafia Mavens, which are done by Danielle and uh, Robin Mundy, which is a great talk. There's a there's a great female perspective there, which we are which we were lacking on the podcast network until they came along. So it's good to get that, and uh, they have a lot of good thoughts. So we've got you covered all week. Plenty of discussion to have on this game and obviously the preview leading up to the Patriots game. So signing off. So for John,
2: nobody circles the wagon like the
1: buffalo bills
3: <laughs> for mike
1: is this the greatest football team of all time i don't know maybe but right now we're on pace with the 72 dolphins
3: <laughs> <laughs> great and for me nate go bills we're this much closer to that 23 and zero. and uh and please enjoy this uh 2019 bills anthem by recording artist artist dom brown and uh go bills we'll talk to you guys again soon
4: Buffalo, it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Uh. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, ay, Buffalo, 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 it's the uh. mafia. Josh Allen, Frank Gore, John Brown, who's stopping us? Uh. Trey Edmonds, A Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes, who blocking us? Uh. I don't see nobody stopping us. Uh. Number one, no one on top of us. What they gonna do in Mama? off the edge. Yeah. Don't you throw it in the anchor train. Why right did my Buffalo 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 is the mafia 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 It's the Buffalo Bills hey It's the Buffalo Bills Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia Josh Allen, Frank Gore, John Brown, who stopping us? Uh. Jordan Poyer, Trey Day, Rizzo, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen looking down the field. See no one open, so he scrambled right. He sees somebody open, but he off balance, so he gotta be focused. Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock. 70 yards. Will it be caught? Zay Jones or Cole Beasley? Down the field, past the whole roster. So that's Robert fawson Make it so easy. Touchdown, new era field rocking every Sunday. Got a hangover on every Monday. Hosh Money kicking, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gonna pass oh us? With Devin and frank know we great if you're not a bills fan we don't relate Nah. buffalo 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 it's the mafia nate arbo don brown on the podcast who's stopping us circling the wagons with the mafia who's stopping us no one
1: Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's charlie, tango, whiskey, pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like
4: the Buffalo Bills.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do.